HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm joined today on the phone by Oren Fox. Are you there, Oren? Hi. Hi. How are you doing over there? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Isn't this a nice sunny day? Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. This is what's so good about the Northeast in the winter. It's like the purest, nicest sunshine. So yeah. uh, I have read a little bit about you, and I have read your blog, and I'm impressed with how well you're communicating for someone so young. How does it oh, feel thanks. to be? How does it feel to be getting out in the world so much? It's great. I mean, um, I started my blog when I was a bit younger, so it's just become um, something that's. Now that I've been doing it for so long, something that's rather easy to um, kind of write for. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it's great to kind of have my voice heard. And, um, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. So not everybody, believe it or not, yet may have known about it. Healthy, healthy chickens and happy hens and healthy. Oops, I've mixed, I messed it up. What's it called? Yeah. And tell us about it. Uh, tell it's us called... about yourself, Oren. <laughs> It's called Happy Chickens Lay Healthy Eggs. And, uh, yeah, so it's just a little blog about um, – it started off with me just talking about my uh, first little baby chicks. And, um, obviously, my flock has kind of grown and shrunk over the years. Um, and, actually, two years ago, I got a few beehives, which uh, is now another main component of my blog. So, you know, pretty – I mean – I'd like to say pretty consistently, I try to write a little something or find a cool link about um, either birds or um, about either birds or bees uh, and try to post it. Um, I think a lot of people enjoy it, so it kind of keeps me um, motivated to keep it updated. And so, yeah, um, as of now, it's about uh, my four beehives and uh, about 30 chickens. And I heard that you had a nice incident there representing the young farmers up in the up in the capital, or I should say down because you're what you're Massachusetts based. Yeah, yeah. Tell us, it was tell a us lot about of your visit to the White House. Oh, it was really, really cool. So uh yeah, yesterday woke up nice and early, flew down to D C um and at the convention I got to meet 
you know, a lot of really cool people, uh, one of them being Sam Cass, uh, one of the White House uh, executive chefs, uh, who's quite friendly and really nice. Um, and, yeah, so I met, met a lot of cool people, heard a lot of really intriguing stories about um, kind of food awareness and um, different little local farmers came down to the meeting. Um, someone, I think, came all the way from Washington, so flew all the way from the other side of the country to come to this uh, little meeting. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun, uh, and it was really nice. It's concluded with um, I got to go see the uh, White House Garden and Beehive, which is, which is really a blast. So you're feeling good about the state, the state of the state of food as as organized this is a know your farmer know your food gathering organized by the usda is that right yeah yeah it's definitely um a kind of a growing thing and i think a lot of people are learning about it and there's a lot of people who are really intrigued well it's a good it's a good start and it's and it's nice to hear someone like you to be feeling hopeful and included and engaged in a in a process that in involves changing something so big and complicated as our food system. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Now, your interest in changing that big system and in getting involved in this in the big project obviously started with a few small chicks. Where do you see it going next? You still have a few months, a few years of school ahead of you, but what's going to be your method for cracking it open? Um, well, as of now, uh, I just actually am starting a bee club at my high school, uh, which is a way to get um, a bunch of kids uh, from all grades to come out and see bees and see what they're like, uh, which is kind of a way to get um, the youth kind of who who haven't really thought about where their food comes from. But this is, at least I hope, is uh, a way that'll. Um, a way to get them to see where some of their food comes from and spark their interest. And even though it's merely honey, uh, it'll kind of show them the power of of honeybees and how um, important they are to the food that we eat and um, grow every day. Pollination makes it happen. Yeah, it does. Well, and, I mean, merely honey, my friend. Honey is one of the most intoxicating products made by the farm. I mean, yeah. you just you don't undersell yourself. <laughs> Thanks. Tell me, tell me, what do your what do your honeybees pollinate in around your around where you live? Tell us about the landscape around your home. Um, so the bees are not uh, specifically just in an orchard, just pollinating um, a certain flower. They're um, actually right next to just a small little marsh. Um, you know, kind of in the um, right on the edge of the woods. So when they go to pollinate, um, I mean, it's kind of hard to say exactly what they are um, retrieving, but, you know, there's probably um, a little bit of purple loose strife, probably the pollen from the oak pine trees, all the, um, all the kind of local bushes and plants. Uh, and I'm sure that they venture farther than, um, than I know and get, you know, flowers from our neighbors' gardens, and uh, but yeah, I mean, they're not kind of specifically uh, pollinating one area. They're really um, just kind of winging it and um, going wherever they please. They're winging it. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. So, Bee Club and Bee Love, 
And then, and then what about beyond? Where, what's your like five, five to 10 year goals? Um, as of now, I haven't uh, quite considered sort of the, the near future in a way, uh, and how I'm going to kind of incorporate them into what I do. But, um, I mean, I definitely love to, uh, to kind of know more about just the honeybee, um, kind of due to its importance to our whole national food system. Um, but as of now, I mean, I haven't really deeply considered, um, how I'm going to incorporate them into the future, but, um, I can definitely see, uh, as I get much older, definitely having maybe one or two beehives just as kind of a side hobby because it's kind of nothing that I can imagine um, kind of doing without because, they're I mean, they really are a blast. And once you kind of get hooked, it's hard to um, – it's kind of hard to pull away because they really are um, amazing and something I'd love to continue in the future. So no matter what, there's going to be bees. Yeah, at least I hope so. That's good. So that's a good sense of the future. And then the other part of it was the, these hens. And you, you've you been raising a lot of different kinds of hens and connecting to the past with those heritage hens. Tell me, tell me what your understanding is about these different breeds of chickens and what's made them different and and why that's important. Um, so when I the way I kind of learn deeply about uh, different breeds and um, kind of where they come from. It was really started and um, kind of was centered a little bit more when I was younger because I would read uh, I would read lots of books about different breeds, kind of picking and choosing which ones, and I'd fantasize about which ones I'd love to um, love to get. But yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of en- there's an endless amount of breeds. Um, that one could start with. Uh, as of now, I'm. Um, it's it's a little hard to tell, but uh, I have roughly um, 16 or 17 different breeds, and only one or two of each breed. But um, yeah, it, it is really intriguing to see um, kind of where they di- where the different breeds come from, and comparing what they look like and. Obviously, there's a standard chicken, which is kind of a bigger chicken, and then the bantam, which is obviously smaller, to put it simply. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to see all the different breeds, and there's some really exotic birds and some that are more just kind of, you know, simple and plain, but nonetheless uh, very interesting and important. So, I mean, yeah, they're all the different breeds are cool. Um, I'm, I'd encourage anyone who's sort of interested in chickens to know just a little bit about them because then, um, you know, it just kind of broadens your view and understanding of uh, of chickens, which are truly kind of very interesting. Chickens are interesting. You heard it here first. This is Orrin Fox. This is Greenhorn Radio. This is Severin. And we're talking about chickens and, and the White House and big things that start small and, and passions that endure and the pollination that one young man can have in his community and beyond talking about something he's discovered that he really cares about. Or now, haven't you also been doing some public speaking? I feel like I might have read a speech that you gave in um, The Natural Farmer. Did you give a little talk? 
Um, uh, do you know where? Girl, maybe. Say it again. Was it you who gave a little talk in? I think for slow food. Um, I'm trying to jog my memory. I've made a few, uh, just little speeches or kind of talks about uh, various um, different things. Do you know uh, when I might have given the talk? No, but I'm glad that you've given a few little talks. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry if I can't quite remember, but, um, yeah, I mean, they've ranged from various different places about uh, varying topics, and they're they're really fun to give because uh, you get to kind of express your opinion and tell people more about the things you love. And why do you think that they're interested to listen? Um, well, at least where I've been giving my talks have been um, at little, I'm not really quite sure what to call them, but kind of like um, what I went to yesterday, but a little bit on a lower scale about people who are interested in maybe um, acquiring some chickens and starting their own little flock or uh, um, one of the most memorable ones is... Uh, was at my middle school um, when you right before you graduate, everyone gives um, a little speech called "This I Believe," which is um, something that we write about, you know, something that we kind of believe in deeply. And uh, and I wrote mine about bees, and I got a pretty funny reception from the crowd, um, just kind of the way I presented it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think people are interested in. Um, I mean, as of so far, people seem to like um, kind of my blog, you know, different things I do. So, I mean, I, I do my best to keep um, to keep everyone interested. And, yeah, I mean, they're definitely they're fun to give, and I hope um, that they're fun to hear. And this, with this, we believe. Yeah. I believe that, too. <laughs> well, I'm Thanks. so proud, and I, I figure it better be a good a good thing for you to suggest if you have any of your favorite books, if those people who are just getting into bees or just getting into chickens, which are the gateway drugs, from my perspective, yeah. into thinking about food and farming and care of natural systems and living creatures, what better place to start? What would you suggest as beginners reading? Um. Well, there are quite a few different books out there for um, the young beekeeper or the young um, kind of chicken keeper, and I've uh, I've acquired many, many different books about bees and uh, chickens uh, over various Christmases and birthdays. So, um, well, I mean, there's there's a wide range of uh, kind of what you want to know, um, sort of. The basis I'd, I'd recommend for um, for a young chicken keeper or um, or just kind of someone looking to learn more about, um, like I mentioned before, different breeds uh, and different heritage birds, um, is a book called The Standard of Perfection. And they come out with a new edition every couple of years. Um, and actually, it's, it's a bit surprising, but the newest edition I have of it, at least, is only from 2001, and so it is rather old, but they're these kind of, they're nice little books, and they have um, they have color paintings of different birds and kind of little descriptions about what the bird is um, kind of supposed to look like, 
and it's so the book, uh, which I guess uh, I was describing, sorry about that, uh, if you couldn't hear, is called The Standard of Perfection. And um, it's a book that uh, that is very detailed about um, practically every breed of um, chicken, duck, um, I think there's even some turkeys, uh, geese. So it's, I mean, it covers kind of a very broad range, but the majority of it is um, is talking about chickens. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a standard of perfection, and then there is um, one, the, the exact same thing, but for bantams. And they're kind of, um, it's quite in-depth. There's a little painting, a color painting of each bird so you can see what they look like. And then um, there is a description of each one as well. Uh, so it's definitely, it's great for anyone who um, is interested in showing birds or uh or is interested in, in, in um, kind of exhibiting their birds at all because it definitely gives you a very in-depth description of what each bird um, sort of should look like. And even for someone who's not, who just wants to, you know, look at all the different breeds, it's, it's really intriguing. And uh, I can remember spending just hours upon end reading it uh, when I was still learning a lot um, and as much as I could about uh, different birds because... It, I mean, it kind of is a picture book, but then with um, very detailed descriptions. So it's a great place to start if you're trying to learn about um, birds. And then, yeah, you know, if you want to exhibit, it's also a great little thing to to read over. Well, and this is one of the things that, you know, it's easy to to think that chicken fanciers are obsessed with details, but in fact... Anybody who gets virtuosic about almost anything starts to really focus on the details and the the ability to perceive details and the attention yeah. that that requires, I would say, is the basis of good farming. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would. It's uh, Yeah, I completely agree. Well, good. So we're glad that we have your attention and that you've been here today. And I I hope that there are many people who will continue to jump in and will continue to hatch out n- new plans and ideas as you have been doing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any last thoughts, Oren, before we before we sign off? Um, I mean, new, any news just... or events or call outs? Um, specific ones, not um, not exactly, but I I really hope that um. I was helpful to anyone who might have been considering chickens or even just listening to the radio uh, just to, you know, hear what was on. But I definitely think that, uh, you know, picking up little hobbies, no matter what it be, mine, chickens, and bees, is definitely is quite interesting, and especially if it's if the hobby is surrounded around animals. It's a great way to um, to learn about something that you might have never considered. So I definitely recommend to... Um, Anyone who might be looking for a little hobby or is just a little bit interested to to start reading about birds and kind of just know what um, chickens and or bees, whichever your choice, uh, we kind of just learn about them and see if uh, they interest you. And um, if they do, hopefully you'll you'll acquire a couple birds and get a couple hives because, I mean, it really is a blast and I'd recommend it for just about everyone. Well, right on. And while you're at it, Check out the log for all the upcoming events. We've got a screening 
Well, March is just a real busy month, I have to say. We've got a screening in Austin, Texas of Our Land, a screening of Greenhorns in Washington, D.C. There's a bunch of screenings of Greenhorns in the upper Midwest going on. We've got a farm hack coming up uh, in Rhode Island and one coming up in Essex, New York. It's just kind of a lot. So tune in, turn on. E-Blast is going out again at the end of the week. If you're not on our mailing list, well... I'm scolding you here live in person, and I look forward to seeing you sometime soon. And, Orin, I hope we meet someday. I think you're doing yeah, great. Be... Thank you so much. I'd love to. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a good day. Have On a behalf good day, of everybody, everybody at HeritageRadioNetwork.com, we'd like to send a special thank you to the Hearst Ranch, our biggest supporter and longest-running sponsor since we first started in 2009. Hearst Ranch is the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. Since 1865, the Hearst family has raised cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of the Central California coast. The result is beef with extraordinary flavor that's as memorable and natural as the surrounding landscape. For more information, visit www.hearstranch.com. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.